0: hey friends today i have a super special guest i have hannah on the podcast hannah is a dear dear friend she's a first grade teacher and she has walked through some serious seasons of waiting in a way that i really admire which is part of why i wanted her to hop on and just share with us some of how she did that so so gracefully because i feel like she walked through her season of waiting with so much grace um, patience confidence courage Um, and one of my favorite parts of this conversation was uh, not actually about waiting necessarily, but it was a really precious story that she shared with us about learning to appreciate being unique, right? Because I think that that's something a lot of us, we hear like, oh, I'm unique. I, you know, I, I appreciate myself flaws and all, but how many of us actually really let that sink in and how many of us actually truly believe that we appreciate what sets us apart, Um I guess in other words, you know, talking from a faith-based perspective about that, I would say how many of us believe what scripture says about us is true, right? How many of us believe and know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are beautiful, that we are designed with incredible intention and perfection. And um, that story was just one that really struck out to me, but I love what you shared, all, all, all of it, and I hope you do too. And one last thing before I forget – go follow her on Instagram. You will be glad you did. It's at Hansue Wilson. I'll have that in the show notes below.
1: Welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast, where we offer bite-sized lessons and steps that you can implement as a part of your journey towards becoming the very best that you can be. This is your podcast host, Brigida Bornstein, and just so you know, for planning purposes, we release a new episode the first and third Tuesday of every month with some amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. I hope you'll return my handshake to you. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments.
0: Cool. Cool. Okay. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much Hi. for hopping on. This is super fun. I feel like I'm just catching up with a friend, which is what we literally just did,
2: but. Yes. It's so fun. And it's so fun to see you because we've only talked on the phone. We've never Facetime before. So this is awesome. That is true. That is true. That's a good point.
0: Um, so for everybody listening, Hannah is a dear, dear friend who I met through her boyfriend, I think. And we had our first catch up call. So not a FaceTime phone call and we instantly connected, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. felt like longtime friends.
2: Um, yeah.
0: And I wanted to ask you to to hop on, Hannah, because I feel like you have walked through some really serious seasons of waiting, and you did it in a way that I really, really admire. Um, Hannah is, I think, very courageous. She is confident. And I think she spreads love and joy and positivity with literally every conversation she has, even just like social media interactions, which I think is super impressive. Um, she is also a new teacher for first graders, and I'm really excited to see that side of like leadership and leading little ones. Um, but Hannah, can I just ask you? Cause you can do it better than I can. Can you just like introduce yourself and like say hey?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I just want to say, your introduction was so generous that is too kind you are such an encourager i'm just sitting here like oh my goodness wait okay stop that's too much too much <laughs> okay all but, true um oh you're so kind um i'm hannah sue wilson and i wow this is kind of weird in a, introducing myself because i can't see anyone i'm just like feel like i'm introducing myself back to you but i know it is weird um I went to school at Dallas Baptist University and where I studied communications. and all my life ever since, well, I say all my life, I guess since I was 16, I really wanted to be an international missionary and um, I have been involved with several different missions organizations and taken several different, I guess what we, what you would call like mission trips. Um, over the past years and my long-term goal is to do missions internationally but I received a communications degree from DBU and um, my minor is biblical studies. So after I graduated just a short overview of how my life has looked after I graduated last December so it's been almost a year now I assumed that I was going to just apply and go straight to the mission field for a two year term with the journeyman program with the INB um, which is the international missions board so if you don't know what that is but that was that was my goal for a very long time and I just didn't feel a peace about it and I just felt um, like the Lord was asking me to take more time to consider what that might look like because of Just my family life, and I had already missed a lot of time with my immediate family, and I'm very close to my family. And so, after traveling so much within the past recent years and then going to school in Dallas, I just felt like I needed to kind of take a break from traveling. And um, I applied to a program in Dallas so I could hopefully stay in the States and also do ministry. And so it was with my church in Dallas, and I was really, really, really hoping that I would get into that program because I just felt like that would be um, an answered prayer. And I just assumed that, well, if it's ministry and it's close to my family, that obviously that's what the Lord would have for me. And I found out that I didn't get into that program. So I was just kind of left in a season of wondering what um, what the Lord had for me because I didn't feel at peace about going. To do your missions internationally even though that's what i plan to do um for the majority of my life and then i also didn't get into the program that i assumed that the lord wanted me to be working with so i could be close to my family so this past year has just been a season of surrender and um a lot of questions and a lot of praying and I have just started a new job as a first grade teacher in September. And I never, it's funny because my, my family jokes about it. I always said I would never be a teacher because I've had people throughout my life say, Oh, you would make a great teacher. You'd make an awesome job with kiddos and stuff. And I always thought I wanted to do a women's ministry. And so I'm like, no, I mean, I do love kids, but no, probably not. Like, those teachers, like they're a different breed and stuff like that. (laughs) And, um, the Lord just really opened the door and I needed a job and the school needed teachers. And so I applied and I got the job. And so now I am finishing up my second nine weeks of teaching. And it's just been so crazy on, um, how much I've learned and just learning the teacher world. And, um, I'm currently living in a small town in East Texas. I get to see my family um, very often, and it's just been so sweet. I never imagined that this is what my life would look like right now, but I'm just so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to be um, on your podcast. Me too, me too. Um,
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like you've just been, I mean, I'm not in the classroom, but it's been so fun watching you, like. Step into that journey, and we were talking about this before I hit record, but it seems like it's just flown by. It's like so funny how when you're in that season of waiting, it's like the clock is just moving at a snail's pace, but then you get out and you're like, in the Lord's best for what you did wait for for what He has mm-hmm. for you. And it's like, oh wow, like that was like no time at all. So um, why don't we just like go into like a really deep question right away, I guess. Um, yeah. I was wondering, can you just walk us through? I mean, you've glossed over it a little bit, but can you walk us through a little bit like the lessons learned in that season of waiting for the doors to open for your teaching job and like any tips you have? Because I know that a lot of people are struggling with that in some way, shape or form.
2: Yeah, um, I like what you said. You mentioned the Lord's best and um, that's that's interesting because you all because in that season of waiting, I assumed that I knew what the Lord's best was. I assumed that it was the program in Dallas that I really wanted to get into. Or I assumed that it was international ministry. Um, because I was just assuming that I knew the Lord's heart and intentions in every single direction that he was guiding me. But really, I I was almost narrow-minded in how I was viewing What my life should look like, depending on Mm. what I assumed it would look like when I was 16. And so now that I'm older, and at the time I was 23, I had to like really slam on the brakes and reevaluate what is the Lord's best? What does that mean? And do I only think it's one avenue because I've assumed that for so many years? And and could I be wrong? Could the Lord's best be something that I never imagined I would be doing and I would be living with my parents at this age, you know, and I just assumed that the Lord's best was a certain path and being able to finally admit, Lord, I don't know what (laughs) I don't know what your plan is and I don't know what your best looks like. Please show me. And just kind of having open hands and um, humbling myself a lot because I found myself um, wanting to almost prove myself because for so many years I I talked about doing international ministry long term and um, so surrendering to the Lord was a big thing and then just humbling myself before the Lord and before those around me. Um, I remember whenever we had our phone call I I I remember specifically telling you, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I was like, wow, that sounds so deep, so vulnerable, so depressing. Like, But I really, in that season, I was able to really humble myself and learn that it's okay if you don't know what you're doing. It's okay. There's so much grace in that. And honestly, hearing that, um, other people being able to hear that from you could be more encouraging to them than you even realize. You know, because we always want to put on this front that we know what we're doing. And so I just got really good at telling people, almost too good at telling people, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and there was, there was no more shame in that. It was, it was exciting. And I had a lot of people tell me what they think I should be doing. And it was just, it, it, it started off as a very scary season and it ended up being such a fun journey of finding out. Where the Lord would place me, and whenever I finally got my teaching position, we all kind of laughed because we were like, <laughs> <laughs> we never thought that that's where where this journey would end up, and it's gone so well. <laughs> and so it's like, wow, a perfect fit, and it was before our eyes the entire time. So that's so good. I really like how you're just,
0: I mean, like you you said it more than once, just like um, humbling yourself. Uh, in kind of admitting that, yeah, I am in a season of waiting and I don't know what's next. And I mm-hmm. don't even know what I want to be next necessarily. Because I feel like there is so much, especially, you know, because like social media puts all of our very best out for people to see. And like, sometimes it can be kind of a lonely journey to feel like you don't have something to be putting out mm-hmm. there um, to, you know, showcase or whatever. Not that that's like, you know, our heart in it, but like, it can mm-hmm. end up feeling like, just sort of like defeating I guess um so I really admire that because like humbling yourself for anything is really hard even I think especially for like admitting something to ourselves can kind of be hard Mm I don't I don't know um but yeah that's really good however I would say I guess since I just brought up social media anyway I think um let's pivot into confidence okay so on social media. I think you are really confident in yourself and open <laughs> on social media. You're just like super open. It's just literally like, you know, I I look at your story or whatever, and I'm just like catching up with a friend all the time. Um, Obviously, you're like that in person, too. But I wanted to ask, like, what does it take to be totally comfortable in your own skin and really just like love who the Lord created you to be, obviously, on and off the screen?
2: yeah that's that's a very important question i feel like especially for young women of our age um because i have not always been very confident um my journey of confidence actually started when i was very young i was in sixth grade and i got i i don't know if all schools do this but they do like the class favorites and they pick everyone votes who you think is the most this and the most that well whenever I was in sixth grade granted I I moved to the school district a little bit later so I was kind of and I was homeschooled before that so I mean you can imagine um little country hands uh the new girl at the school and I was just honored that I received a class favorite, and when I was in uh in sixth grade so
1: I was so so excited
2: and they were saying okay you're gonna dress nice because you're gonna get your picture taken and all this kind of stuff well I didn't know what word I received or like what award I would be receiving so the next day they called me to the office and they said okay Hansu you received the most unique and I was like oh okay so I smiled for the picture and then immediately I got back to my classroom and on my iPad on my iPod touch That's what we had back then instead of (laughs) iPhones. I was like, unique. Like, what is unique, you know? And it's like, different, odd, weird, (laughs) not like the Mm -hmm. others. And I just remember like my little uh, sixth grade self, I was like, oh my goodness, like, I'm very different. I'm very weird. I'm very odd. And I straight up like asked them, can you please not put that in the yearbook? Like, I just don't feel comfortable. And they were like, no, it's fine. You'll be fine. We're going to put it in there. And I just kind of labeled myself. I'm different. I'm weird Um, for so many years up until I got saved at the age of 16. And it was in that moment. And I know that when some people, whenever we get saved, it's not always like an automatic transition from um, like freedom from whatever sin or whatever, like insecurity you might have. But truly the Lord did a work in my life and whenever I was 16 all the things that I felt made me like a bad different I just tried to embrace as a good different and I like tried to celebrate those and I kind of tried to create my own style and I would wear I had like a boho style so I just completely like dove into that and just every single day was in scripture for the first time in my life you know I grew up in church but whenever I got saved that's whenever I was actually trying to believe scripture for myself and like Mm. live that out in my life and it really made an impact on how I viewed myself you know in Ephesians it says that we're the Lord's masterpiece and not all paintings look the same for so long after I found out that I was unique (laughs) I was voted most unique I tried so hard to look like everyone else. I wanted to look exactly like they looked and do what they did and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I started reading scripture at the age of 16, I was like, oh, like, it's a good thing. Like we were born to be different. It's, it's what an honor it is to not be like everyone else. And it's not just, that's not just for me because I got voted most unique. That's for every single individual. We're all unique you know you just have to embrace that and so whether that's a certain style or um of clothing you like to wear or um just whatever your personality might be whether you have a loud laugh or you're more silly or you're more serious you know like just fully step into that and embrace that and don't try to like hide it under a bushel because like the lord created you in that way and you never know what ministry down the road will require you to have that specific quality mm-hmm. that you've been wanting to get rid of for so long. You yeah. know. So that's the
0: coolest story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um.
2: And it, okay, one more thing to that—it's hilarious because I didn't receive another class favorite vote after that year until I was a senior in high school. And, um, I had a very hard school year experience, but, um, I received class favorites when I was a senior and what I received was most unique again. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like such a testimony because this time I was like actually happy in my picture. And, um, I would love to see like a side-by-side of both of those photos because one of them was just a very insecure scared girl not wanting to be different and then um at 17 it was just the joy of the Lord and I was Mm -hmm. and then I took pride in it so I just thought that's so sweet that the Lord allowed me to kind of redeem that or he redeemed that situation for me so
0: that is so cool that is like really (laughs) the coolest story and I didn't know any of it actually um but I love how um I love how you talked about like actually believing what scripture says about you because that's actually something I have not had an easy time with Um, because yeah. it's so easy to just be like oh yeah like I'm created unique okay great um, mm-hmm. and not let it sink in because like we talk about that all the time people talk about oh you're beautiful just the way you are but like how many people actually are walking around believing that mm-hmm. I think unfortunately very few and it kind of breaks my heart to say that but I think that's The truth. And I mean, I I don't know about you, but I think for me, I've had seasons where I've had to like literally repeat the same verse over and over Mm -hmm. again and just like really cling to it. Like, um, I mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but the one that comes to mind is well, okay, actually, just staying on the same topic, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows that very well. Like, I had it took such a long time to go from just being words on the page to being mm-hmm. like words on my heart that I really do believe and like sometimes it takes reminding yourself of that but like I think that's really incredible um that you highlighted that it it's not just a given you don't have to yeah. you don't just like believe and then like you're like fixed overnight like oh yeah. yeah um it takes so much time and like prayer and allowing God to sort of write that into you yeah. so that you do believe it but I definitely mm-hmm. wish that for more people
2: and I will say, um, not to camp out on this one question, but I had a season like that as well. And I was accidentally pawning that off like it was someone else's fault, because I would always see these influencers or even Christian influencers, you know, they would quote these scriptures and say, oh, you're beautiful just the way you are. But yet they have a complete filter over their on their post, mm-hmm. you know, this is not shaming filters, like it's, That's just the world we live in. But it was always like so confusing to me because I would hear one thing and then in the exact same moment it would almost be like um contradicting exactly what they're they're speaking over me. And so for so long I was like, Well, maybe that's not true because of just what I would be seeing on social media, you know, like they don't believe that. So like they're Mm -hmm. trying to get me to believe that. And I really, really, really had to take hold of that, those thoughts and be like, Hinsu, why are you so focused on what they're doing? Because that situation has nothing to do with you, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And I realized that it was on, it wasn't on anyone else to believe that for me. It was up to me to believe that. I couldn't look at how other people lived their life and decide if scripture was true or not based on what their actions are. I had to take actions on my own, and so for me, that looked like wearing less makeup personally, because I wore clip-in hair extensions for very, for a few years of my life, and I realized that I didn't feel beautiful if I didn't have my hair in, you know? <laughs> and so for me personally, I had to take my own action steps mm. to believe the scriptures that I'm beautiful just the way the Lord created me, you know? And so it looks different for every individual, and it's so important that we don't just glamorize or glorify these these christians whether they're popular or maybe they're just someone in your church you know we can accidentally put people on a pedestal and assume that whatever they're doing that works for them is what's going to work for us because that wasn't the situation and for i wasted a lot of time trying to just mimic the way other people were living and and i wasn't getting as much out of scripture until i took my own steps of faith Mm.
0: You're right. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Um, That is so, so cool. No, really, though, I guess um, we're talking like kind of to a little bit of an older, you know, group of friends right now. But what about the littles in your classroom? So you said first grade is what age again?
2: Six and seven-year-olds. Okay.
0: So six and seven-year-olds, I feel like Um, You said earlier, you were like, oh, teachers are a different breed. They definitely (laughs) are. I think they have (laughs) gifts and levels of patience that I personally don't have, but I do admire. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess you and your experience now, like what leadership qualities do you feel are specifically necessary for someone leading uh, little kiddos, either in or out of the classroom? Because I think that kind of applies to most people. So what would you say
2: to them? Yeah. Yeah. I would say if I were to answer this question before being becoming a teacher, I probably would answer it very differently. But just being kind of thrown into the classroom with 18 kiddos, I am learning a lot as well. And I'm trying to grow in the leadership qualities that it takes to lead that classroom. And I think that um, one in particular that I'm trying to grow in and understand even is, empathy how to be empathetic Mm. towards um their little lives and what their priorities (laughs) (laughs) you know because a six-year-old's priorities are very different than what my priorities are and whenever I first stepped into the classroom I had no idea what a like how big of a deal it was to be the the kid that gets to flip off the lights or to be the kid that gets to hold the door you know I had no idea that that was such a big um role to play in the classroom and so I was just always like someone go flip off the lights. And whenever I'm saying someone go flip off the lights, it was creating so many issues and so many problems because John wanted to and Mary wanted to <laughs> and everyone wanted to be the one to flip off the lights and it was just a hassle every single time and I couldn't understand why can't y'all get along? but it's because their priorities are very different and being, being able to do a small task to help the teacher is just is such an honor to them that I I need to be more empathetic in how I navigate my classroom and I need to be specific on what I'm asking from them so that they're able to they want to impress me they want to do well Mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't know what that might look like and so then I have 10 kids running to the light switch at the same time. and (laughs) I I just can't. So um, just being empathetic on what is important to them and trying to remember what it's like to be a kiddo. And so that's why I was talking to you earlier and I was saying, I just love um, Mr. Rogers answer to the question. What do you think is the greatest mistake? Whenever that we make whenever it comes to raising kids. And he said, we forget what it feels like to be a kid. And so I really do try to put myself in that position. And, you know, this math problem, this math test that they're doing seems so easy and so simple to me, but you never know what, it, what they're, they're facing whenever they get home. You know, they're, they, have so, they have life outside of school and their parents might be fighting and they might not have any food to eat. And the last thing they want to focus on is this little math test, even if it does require coloring, you know, and then consistency as well. So I'd say empathy and consistency, because those days I go in that classroom and I just don't want to follow all the procedures and I'm the teacher. (laughs) So just remembering I have to be consistent if I would like them to be consistent and obeying the rules and doing what they're supposed to, then I need to follow through and do what I'm supposed to as well.
0: That's so good. That is so, so good. I love that. Empathy is really, seriously, one of my favorite words ever, Um, because it's such a gift. It's, you know, to put yourself, it's, you know, it's not just sympathy, like, oh, I feel sorry for you. It's like, oh, I'm putting myself in your shoes, and I'm trying Mm -hmm. my best to really understand what it's like to walk in them. Um, I really, really like that. Um, So, you just kind of painted a little bit of a picture for, like, leadership of kiddos to us, but what does leadership in general look like to you? And this is two questions in one, but um who is somebody that you really admire and why
2: um I would say although I am the leader of my classroom I would say that I feel as if I am a leader the most whenever I am on social media we kind of talked about it earlier I love social media not all social media I I'm actually very behind in a lot of social medias. I don't have the b reels or the TikToks. I'm old school. So I just stick with the Instagram actually. But um, being a leader to me just really looks like saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done, just taking account of the situation. And if there's an elephant in the room or something that even if you're scared that some people might disagree or some people might have an opposing viewpoint, still saying it um because it's what you believe needs to be said and you never know who is out there waiting to hear that exact thing because maybe they they can't articulate for themselves that feeling but they also feel it and they can't Mm -hmm. they don't know how to say that so just trying to be the voice for those who um maybe don't have the words to say that if that makes sense it's kind of vague. Um, But in that, so because I believe that I I say a lot of stuff on social media, I get I dabble into different areas and they're very random. I'll go from politics to
1: um, (laughs) pop culture,
2: to just celebrities or anything or my whole life in the country. So but with that, I've also um, recognized the importance of taking responsibility for what. I say on social media and what I say to my family you know words are important they 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 can drive a force or they can tear down um, someone's entire momentum you know someone can be so excited about something and if I say that's dumb (laughs) you know it just has the ability to destroy um, confidence ultimately and so I've learned a lot it's never it, my my speaking out on social media has not just been like a simple road to success like oh i just say all these things and everyone agrees and we just have a great time you know <laughs> agreeing on everything because i've really had to practice what it looks like to have a a conversation with those who disagree with everything that i'm saying and still respect them and if i said something wrong or i didn't phrase Um, my point the correct way that made uh, made them feel a certain way just being able to humble myself and take responsibility for that and um, apologize when necessary because no one wants to hear someone talk when that person thinks that they do no wrong you know we're all human so I think that it means a lot for people to just be honest I love an honest leader and um Honesty, humility,
0: and responsibility.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, I'll never forget whenever I moved to Dallas, I started attending a new church, and it's Watermark Church, if you're wondering. I love that church. (laughs) But I remember a pastor walking up on stage, and I just thought that these pastors hung the moon. I loved them. They were great leaders. And this just shocked the socks off of me and he said like hey guys to the congregation i just wanted to be honest with y'all this past weekend i was scrolling on my phone and i saw something i shouldn't have saw and i i lingered on that picture for a little bit longer than i should have he was like i'm being completely honest when i say this that is the situation i just wanted to bring that in front of y'all make y'all aware of that and apologize to y'all and coming from like a southern baptist tiny church in east texas to like this this huge church in dallas and this man is talking about things that i've never heard anyone talk about mm-hmm. not only is he like talking about him but he's apologizing and that like rocked my world and it his apology and his, um, saying that didn't make me think less of him. It made me think all the more of him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that is a leader. That's someone that I want to listen to because I know that anything that they're doing, it's not done in the dark. And mm-hmm. I just think that that is just such a good quality of a leader is humility and honesty and responsibility. Yeah.
0: That reminds me, I, um, someone I really like to follow, I, I heard him speak at a conference and he was incredible is um, Ed Mm Milette. and I'm going to butcher this so I'm not going to say it's a quote but something along the lines of what he said (laughs) was you know we don't get closer to people and build like really strong connections by um, you know showing off our strengths we actually get Mm. closer to people by being open about our flaws and our shortcomings and mm-hmm. and things like that and I totally agree with you I would I would have felt the same way I feel like I think more highly of someone mm-hmm. when they're like hey yeah, I messed up sorry move on like it's mm-hmm. just like oh yeah great awesome um because it just shows like I think it shows so much more of a person's heart um, yeah that is really cool yeah honesty responsibility humility and then um uh, real quick, who's somebody you admire and why? Or was that the person? Sorry.
2: Oh no, you're fine. Actually, I would probably say Elizabeth Elliot. I just love her personality. I I feel like she slept on in our generation, <laughs> <laughs> but I listen to her podcast. Her granddaughter has put a lot of her sermons and or her teachings into podcast form, and I just think that she's such. Um, she's such a great example of a strong woman, but mm. also she's she is good at submitting she ha- she's had three husbands <laughs> two of them have passed away and then she was married uh whenever she passed away but it was, it's really awesome to hear her talk because i she wanted to be a missionary for the majority of her life and i can relate to that and then whenever mm-hmm. she got married to her husband jim elliot who was the famous missionary that was um killed by a tribe and where was it at do you remember mm-hmm. um it wasn't honduras it was somewhere in central america by a tribe that they were cannibals and they were just really crazy and he and four other guys went there and were killed but um oh my gosh. that's gonna that's gonna linger with me now because i cannot remember the, <laughs> the country she was in but Whenever she got married, then her primary focus became being a Christian wife and a mother, but she also had ministry as well. And so I just thought that the balance of her life and her priorities are just so encouraging because she really knew and stepped into what it looked like to be a Christian woman Mm -hmm. and a Christian Mm -hmm. leader. And it might not look like what our culture tells us it has to look like today, but I just really love her.
0: I love that. I think I tried to send you her book and Amazon like wouldn't deliver it. It was one of my favorite books that I've really enjoyed is Let Me Be a Woman. Um, Yes, I need to read it. I like tried to send it and then it just kept on being like, won't deliver, won't deliver. And I'm like, okay, what the heck, Amazon. Um, But yeah, such a good book. She really does highlight that beautiful balance between like being a strong woman, but then also like the beauty of submitting because that is something that is totally taken out of context and not understood. in our culture, in my opinion.
2: Um, yeah. So yeah, you read the I book. You that. could talk on it more than I could. I but did. I, I did. just love her. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's really, really good. Um, okay, I think last question, even though I feel like I could ask you a million more. Um, <laughs> I know, this is so fun. Yeah, no, you're like wise beyond your years, honestly. Oh, um, if you could encourage young women in our age group with just one thing, what would that
2: be? I would say, do not fear being misunderstood by the culture around us, we will be misunderstood. Um, Whether that looks like you stepping out in obedience and no one understands your career path or um, whether you have this bubbly, kind personality and everyone assumes that you are fake you know there's very there's so many different um situations in which people around you are going to misunderstand your intentions they're going to misunderstand who you are at heart and um just make assumptions based on where you go to church or um you know you can make assumptions on someone based on anything but um Just continue to be faithful in that and take encouragement in the fact that so, so, so many people that the Lord used in scripture were misunderstood by the peers around them. And I could rant, Mm -hmm. I could go on and on about that because that's just something I'm very passionate about is not letting those around you keep you from obedience. Um, Not everyone will understand the choices that you might need to make in order to be obedient to the Lord and that is totally okay just give them the opportunity to misunderstand you and continue in obedience anyways and you know that's something that Jesus himself did he was misunderstood even whenever he was on the cross he was the savior of the world and people there didn't believe him people there were mocking him you know and mm-hmm he stayed faithful to what he knew he was supposed to be doing. And so if, if you're the only one who feels what the Lord's placing on your heart and no one else seems to be encouraging you, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. it just might mean that you were called to be misunderstood and that's okay. Um, And I just think that great things will come from simple obedience and not veering away from that, um, in order to please the crowd around you. So that's something I'm constantly working on and trying to get better at. So
0: that's something I need to work on too. I really like that. It's beautiful. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, friend. I really appreciate this. This was like full of so many little nuggets of wisdom. I'm actually listening to you, but in my head, I'm like, shoot, what, how do I pick a title? Like there were so many really great, like (laughs) peaks that we climbed I don't know
2: <laughs> I know and this has been so fun I've always shied away from being on a podcast I've never been on a podcast before and this has just been the funniest time because I just I feel like I'm speaking to an old friend and I know that we can talk for hours <laughs> yeah me too
0: <laughs> me too me too well thank you so much I will let you go okay
2: awesome thank you for having me this has been awesome no thank you